Do you have a Bible? Do you have a Bible? Get it. Quickly, turn it to the book of Acts. To the book of Acts. Where Luke wrote, if you will, his second gospel. His first gospel was the gospel of Jesus Christ according to Luke. Or you could say it this way, the good news of Jesus Christ according to Luke. Now he's writing another book. And that's the reason that he states in Acts chapter 1 verse 1, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and to teach. And say with me, Jesus began it, and I've got to finish it. In the first volume, it was the gospel of Jesus Christ according to Luke. Now in this book, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are gone, and we take that great theological leap out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John where the gospel of Christ was God in Christ until now through this theological leap, it is Christ in you which becomes the hope of glory. So we go from God in Christ to now Christ in you. And the thing that Luke had to be very careful of was that we did not become spectators of Jesus and fans of the message. Say those words with me. I refuse to be a spectator of the message. I refuse to be a spectator of Jesus and just a fan of the message. Because in the book of Acts, it becomes the book of action. And so that is the, is the dilemma that is set before Luke. How do we cause the God in Christ to become the Christ in you? So that we don't just see the Gospels as the record of the good news according to whomever concerning Jesus. But now in the book of Acts, something transitional happens to where it now is no longer the gospel of Christ according to Luke, but now it becomes the gospel of Jesus Christ according to you. You're not real moved by the understanding that it is not some third watered-down version of God that you receive when you receive the Holy Ghost. It is the same Spirit that raised up Christ from the dead that now lives personally present in you. Listen to what they said. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that, through the Holy Ghost. How did he do it? through the Holy Ghost. Now I want you to get your notepad out. I want you to get your Bible open and I want you to go through this very systematically with me because God has a word for you today. Verse 2. Until the day in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive, shout the next three words, after his passion. I want you to understand that we thank God for the depiction 
that Mel Gibson gave everyone of the passion of the Christ. Many of you have a new revelation because you have now seen with your eyes those things which before you had only seen in your heart. You have seen him now kicked and prodded through the cobblestone streets of Jerusalem. You have seen the dawning of the darkest day that would ever dawn upon human infamy. You saw as the light began to dissipate the darkness as they strapped him to Rome's flagging post and with the cat of nine tails those leather straps with bits of bone and glass and wood notched into the edges of them so that when they were laid across a man's back they dug in and pulled the flesh from his body you saw him stand there with his flesh hanging around his legs like carved ribbons you saw him as he fell under the weight of the cross you saw the price that he paid bleeding by which the very veins of God himself were emptied. You saw him take the cup too bitter for mortal tongue. You saw him drain it of its utmost dregs by the loving lips of Jesus. You saw him in the garden of Gethsemane as he was unashamed to take your polluted name upon his lips and whisper it in his passion before the throne of his father. You saw him cry, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. You saw him give up the ghost. You saw him cry, my father and my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You saw it turn as black as midnight at noonday as, as, as your pain and your sin eclipsed the brightness of his glory. You saw him take the weight of your sin upon his own body. You saw him bear in his flesh your sins and mine. You saw him in the words of Isaiah the prophet be wounded for your transgressions and be bruised for your iniquities. You saw the chastisement of your peace laid upon him and you watched as with his stripes you were healed. You watched him as they lifted that cross out of its hole in the ground which he himself had created in creation's dawning morning. You watched it fall over with a thud and bounce with the body of the prince of God face down into the earth. You saw him there as Mary Magdalene out of whom he had cast seven devils took a hairbrush and tried to brush his blood-soaked matted hair. You watched him as the pitiful Palestinian sun beat down into his open wounds until it felt as though the very flames of hell itself had embedded themselves deep in the flesh of the only begotten Son of God. You watched his passion, but I must announce to you today, please don't make the mistake of thinking that is the end of the story. Please understand that they placed him in the borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea and on the third day a great big gynecologist angel went down to the womb called a tomb. Christianity is the only religion with a virgin womb at one end and an empty tomb at the other. That gynecologist angel came down over the sapphire sill of heaven's gate, invaded time and space, walked up to where there was a stone in the birth canal of God and cast that stone aside and your Bible said on the third day the stone got rolled away and an angel said Mary go and tell the son of God is risen hallelujah Jesus is alive and well give him praise and glory
Up from the tomb he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose the victor o'er the dark domain and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose. He arose. Hallelujah. Christ arose. It is not Calvary that is the exclamation point. No, no, no. You'll have to travel three days later for it is the resurrection that is the crown jewel of our faith and our hope in God. It is the coronation of all that God promised us. But I warn you, don't stop there. For not only did he descend, but your Bible said he ascended down first into the lower parts of the earth. They're grappling over the helpless, hopeless hordes of humanity. They're prying the keys of death, hell, and the grave out of the unyielding hands of the Antichrist, locking them to his girdle and riding across the sun-baked walls of the devil's perdition, singing the very first chorus of free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last up from that grave he came bypassing the earth off into glory's realm he went once again to be seated at the right hand of the father ever to make intercession for you and me but before he sat down he gave a tag team handoff a world wrestling federation high five tag team handoff to the third person of the trinity the blessed holy ghost of God and your bible said there appeared a sound from heaven as of a rush mighty wind it filled the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire that set upon them it was power that had been promised and it was power that they needed it was power that they waited on they didn't wait long 50 days after Easter go and tarry came up from that grave here's what they said shout after his passion they said now Jesus will you restore the kingdom to Israel his response was this go and tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high they did not wait long. Their prayer meeting lasted only 10 days. On the second Sunday, I don't know where it came from. I don't know whether it was through the keyhole in the door or underneath the crack of a window, but the Bible said that their fevered brows grew cold as a wind began not just to blow, but to rush. I'm talking about a mighty rushing wind after his passion power to say no when the world screams yes power to resist temptation power that there is a way of escape from every temptation a pass through power a pass through anointing where the waves do not overflow us and the crackling flames do not kindle upon us power to tread upon serpents power to tread upon scorpions power over all the power of the enemy power to cure diseases power to cast out devils power 
power to heal the sick, power to raise the dead, power to show America its moral compass once again, power over depravity, power over demons, power over disease, power over Satan, power over sickness, power over sin. Is anybody glad he sent power? And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, in an hour of a powerless Pentecost, becoming the norm and not the exception, we need the one who promised to come and indwell mortals, to come, Holy Spirit, and fill us full of himself. In a day with a powerless Pentecost, with more playboys in pulpits than prophets, with more compromise than conviction. Come, Holy Spirit. Haddon Spurgeon declared without his spirit, we are as chariots without steeds. We are sailing vessels without the wind. We are as branches without sap. We are withered. Oswald Chambers, having made his peace with God in regeneration, declared, if this is all there is, If the hope of going to heaven is all there is. If there is no power for godly living. If there is no power over demons, depravity, disease, and death. Oswald Chambers declared, then I've got a hold of the wrong end of the stick. First, we must count the cost. Though Pentecost meant power to the disciples, it also meant prison. Though it meant the endowment from power on high, it also meant separation from organized religion. Oh, it's quiet now. Though Pentecost produced the favor of God, it also produced the hatred of men. Pentecost brought great miracles. It also brought great obstacles. I've often wondered why we have to hang a sign outside our churches to announce that we are Pentecostal. And unfortunately, it seems that without the sign outside, no one would be able to identify us. We blend in so well. I'm going to preach anyway. We, 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 we blend in so well. I'm fearful that the sign outside the church is the only one folks ever see. 
I'm fearful that when they get inside, they find nothing more than placating pastors who are afraid or ashamed to speak with other tongues, lest it offend someone in their highfalutin congregation, or more importantly, offend some large contributor to their national television audience. Can I just share with you? Shout Pentecost at any cost. And just pass through a town after it's been torn apart by a tornado. And I assure you that you will not have to be told that a mighty rushing wind has cleared the place. A fire is self-announcing. Because we no longer pray in tongues in private, we have no power in public. Our emptiness of heaven's language makes us void of an earthly word. We have the best of press suits, but we no longer pierce the heavenlies with our prayers. Oh, we have a shout in the sanctuary, but carry no clout in the spirit. We, We claim authority, but we take no meaningful ground. We write songs about victory over evil that are more suitable for the playground than the battleground. We become proficient in the dialect of men, but void of the voice of heaven. Many today who claim they've received this mighty endowment of power are more dead than alive, more off than on, more wrong than right. Many, it seems, especially if you watch Christian television, have become more spirit-frilled than spirit-filled. We become so accustomed, haven't we, to the outer fringes of God's presence that we no longer recognize the inner essence of his power. Whenever evil mires the work of God, our flesh always condemns. Our prayerless, powerless, passionless Christianity. May I submit to you today that what we need is another toad strangling, gully washing, downpour of Pentecostal power. Am I in the right building today? That is there anybody that's ready to trade your degrees for some revelation? Your Dignity for some demonstration. Anybody ready to trade your reputation for some repentance and your tongues of poison for tongues of power? Is there anybody ready? I I don't think Pentecost is denied. I think it's more ignored than denied. As if maybe from our pulpits we just didn't say anything about it, it would go away. Maybe if in our crusades we commanded that people not speak with other tongues, this Holy Spirit would go away. But I'm here to tell you, he's here, and he's here to stay. He came from heaven as of the sound of a rushing mighty wind, and there's something about that wind, it's noisy. You can't make it be quiet. It'll bust out. It'll break through. It'll shout over top of. You can't get it to be quiet. You can't get it to sit down. You can't get it to be still. There's a power. There's an unction. There's a liberty. There's a freedom. There's a divine. Go that has entered our souls, and we cannot be silenced. 
I want to speak to you about a new paradigm. I, I want to speak to you concerning the lamb that was slain receiving the reward of his suffering. I, I want to speak to you about the apex, the crown jewel. I, I want to talk to you about why we do what we do. Why, what are we doing? Why do we need pulpits? And why do we need preachers? And why do we need microphones? And why do we need a youth program and a children's program? Why do we need a little league and an organ and an organist? Why do we need a choir and choir robes? Why do we need any of this? And I am here to submit to you today that we have lost our moorings. We have come loose from our moorings. We have lost our way. And somebody's got to stand up to be seen and speak loud to be heard and get us back on track. Uh, let me tell you why we need all of this. Let me tell you why after he saved you, he just didn't catapult you off this people planet into the pavilions of glory. It is this and this alone. The apex of all Christian endeavor must be to to place the jewel of a soul in his crown. That's the reason he said in Psalm 2, if you want to know what I want, ask of me and I will give you the heathen for an inheritance. I, I want to talk to you about something that happens after his passion. After his passion, he gave gifts to men. Ephesians chapter 4. Turn over there very quickly. Ephesians chapter 4. Here it is. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation. Notice he did not say vacation. Of the vocation wherewith you are called. That means the job. With all loneliness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring, trying your best to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. For there is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. You didn't know the Bible was southern, did you? Right there it is. He is above all. He is through all. And he's in y'all. But unto every one of us is given grace. Let me just submit this to you. You leave your calling. You leave your covering. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, get ready to shout. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. You say, but I'm bound, Pastor Rod. No, that's a lie. You're not bound. You couldn't possibly be bound. Your Bible says for this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might annihilate. That means to cause to cease to be as though it never existed. That he might annihilate the works of the devil. If you say I'm bound today, then I can tell you you believed a lie. Either he led captivity captive or he did not lead captivity captive. And if what's got you captive has been led captive, then I'm 
here to submit to you that you believed a lie. Your Bible says free at last. He that the Son sets free is free indeed. Shout I'm free. Nothing can hold me. Nothing can bind me. I dare you to touch your neighbor and shout you can't touch this. God I'm wanting to preach. He led captivity captive. If you look on down there, it talks about he that descended is the same also that ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. But look up at verse 9, not verse 8, wherefore he saith when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. He went into the bowels of the earth and every sickness belching out of its smoke-filled corridors, he submitted under the iron arm of defeat. You're not in this building with me. Every plague and every bondage every captivity every arse every every weapon in the arsenal of your adversary he did not wade through the ashes of bygone millenniums of time because he didn't have anything to do for those three days no he descended into the lower parts of the earth and every demon that tries to plague your life met with defeat as a ringing began to clamor at the end of the smoke-filled corridor as the prince of god lifted the gates of death and hell off their rusty hinges flung them over to one side grabbed the devil by the nap of the neck cast him off his imperial throne put one foot on devils and the other on the crumbling empire of death creased his hands to the father and announced I am alpha I am omega I am he that was dead but I'm alive forevermore stop that's not what I want you to shout about Captivity has been led captive. <laughs> Bound up, tied up, wrapped up, finished up. Every adversarial force. He led captivity captive. But don't shout there. Here's where I'm trying to get you to. And he gave gifts to men. Oh, you don't even know what I'm talking about. I said he gave gifts. Notice it's plural. It did not say he gave a gift. It's not talking about the gift of salvation. He's talking about giftings. He's talking about presents you didn't do nothing to deserve. He's talking about ornamentation. He's about to hang all over you. A pine tree has pine cones. That's fruit. We're not talking about the fruit of the Spirit. We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. We're, we're talking about something he comes and hangs on you like ornaments. Shout he gave gifts to me I said he gave gifts to me and then he begins to list some of them apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers and you say well I'm not in the fivefold ministry oh dear heart don't be discouraged turn your Bible please over to the gospel according to Saint Matthew the gospel according to St. Matthew. Turn over there, please. St. Matthew. Glory to God. Glory to God. Shout, he gave gifts to men. 
after his passion, he gave gifts to men. Verse 16, Matthew 28. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And they saw him. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some of them doubted. It's not doubt that stops the hand of God. Doubt just questions. I wonder if it could be. Unbelief is what stops the hand of God. Unbelief says, I know it's not. Verse 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, Would you just do a Pentecostal, Holy Ghost-filled Baptist boy a favor? And would you shout the next two words that Jesus spake after his resurrection? After his passion, he declared these two words. Would you just shout them, please? How much? All what? Power is given unto me in heaven. I'm wanting to teach this, but I got to preach on. I said, all power is given unto me where? And in Matthew 16. And when Jesus came onto the coast of Caesarea Philippi, his disciples met him questioning and said, Master, and he asked them saying, Whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? And they said, Well, some say you're John the Baptist or Elijah or Jeremiah, one of the prophets raised again from the dead. But Jesus saith unto them, Whom say ye that I am? Fasten his gaze upon Simon Peter. And Simon answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the anointed one one that destroys every yoke the son of the living God and Jesus answering saith unto him blessed art thou Simon son of Jonah for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you but my father which is in heaven and again I say unto you that thou art Peter Petros the rock and upon This rock, I shall build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I give unto you the keys. Just reach your hand out like that. Just just say, turn the key. I'm bound up, turn the key. I I don't know where to go, turn the key. I I don't have a blessing, turn the key. I need a gift, turn the key. And I shall give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Watch me and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound where? And whatsoever you shall on shall be in all power all power you say yeah but pastor that was given to Jesus right there it says Jesus was given all power don't you remember Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 after his passion when he's getting ready to give gifts to men he said go tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with 
power. What kind of power? All power. Bind on earth, bound in heaven power. Loose on earth, loosed in heaven power. Shout, I've got the Holy Ghost and power. Go you therefore and teach all nations. Somebody's got to get a giddy up. Somebody's got to get a go. Go. Go outside the walls of the church. Go. When that rushing mighty wind blows, it doesn't blow you into church. It blows you outside the four walls of the church. When that wind on the day of Pentecost began to blow, it knocked all the props out from under them. There wasn't any denominational headquarters for them to go to. They didn't even have a church building. They didn't have a, 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 a witnessing plan. Nobody planned their prayer life for them. Nobody organized their praying. Why Nobody even had to call them to a prayer meeting. They started churches in their houses and on the street corners. And can I tell you that when that wind begins to blow upon you, it's not going to blow you into the church. It's going to blow you out of the church. Suddenly after that fire was lit and liftoff transpired and that rushing mighty wind, they were out in the streets everywhere these that had turned the world upside down this is New Testament Christianity this must be the heartbeat of God which pulses through our veins that every day we realize when we're wading out into the masses of humanity there are only two kinds of them the saved and the damned there are those who are walking this planet today who will spend eternity falling helplessly and hopelessly down through the darkened corridors of the demon abyss unless you and I use the gifts he's given us to reach them and go ye into all the world. Notice he did not say after his passion, yea, go to church on Sunday. No mention here of attending religious exercises in religious calisthenics, in religious organizations founded by religious institutions. No, 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 there is none of this in the rushing mighty wind. No, no, no. Ah, there's a divine go that cannot be stopped. Oh, I have the Holy Ghost, Brother Roddy. You got a head knowledge and a taut tongue. We've got a memorized shout, a taut tongue, and a learned dance. And think we've got the Holy Ghost. Here's how you know if you've got the Holy Ghost. Does your barber know you have it? 
Does your hairdresser know you have it? Uh huh. Do your work associates know you have it? Yes. Do your schoolmates know you've got it? Do you display the giftings of the Holy Ghost? Do you have tongues and interpretation of tongues and prophecy? Do you operate in the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge and discerning of spirits? Do you operate in wonder working faith, the working of miracles and the gifts of healing? Everywhere you go, do lepers cry out, cleanse me. Do men fall down and declare, you convict me of my sin by your very presence. how I want to preach. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Look at me. It did not say you'd have to be trained in them, schooled in them. It didn't say you'd have to go through religious organizational catechism to get them. No, 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 no. Away with your beads and away with your liturgy and away with your catechisms and away with your organization and away with your institution and away with your religious trappings. No, there is none of this in the rushing mighty wind. Away! I have no more need of Pentecostal religion than I do a Shinto shrine or a Hindu cow. Give us some services that are not insulated against the spontaneous. Give us some Christians that know his voice and another voice they will not hear. Give us somebody that starts to go to the grocery store and something on the inside of them wells up and says no. They don't know why, but when they're walking through the frozen peas and carrots, there is a crippled one getting some frozen food who's in a wheelchair and suddenly their legs begin to crackle and creak. And before they know it, they're up out of their wheelchair just because you are filled with the giftings of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Give me this kind of Christianity. Give me something nobody has to work up so nobody can work down. Give me some of this kind of Christianity. I'm going to finish just this part right here. Just this part right here. That's all. Just this part right here. And and these signs shall follow. We use signs to try to point folk to us. These signs. Isaiah declared it in chapter 8 and verse 18. And these, both I and the children that the Lord God. That's why I like when my daughter jumps up at 14 years of age. 
and do, does what most deacons and elders haven't learned to do yet, move in the Holy Ghost. I taught my children, when the Holy Ghost blows, don't let nothing stand in your way. When you feel an unction, when you feel a flow of divine love, don't let anybody set you down. Don't let anybody push you back. Don't let anybody hold you down. Wait on out, baby. She said, but daddy, sometimes God just tells me the first word. I said, you do the first word and the second one will follow. You didn't hear what I said to you this morning. I'm looking for somebody ready to move in the Holy Ghost. I'm ready for somebody to work with that I don't have to outline their work for them and tell them every little thing to do. I'm looking for somebody that's got a hold of the same thing I've got a hold of and the spirit of God moves them left right up I want to hear his voice I want to feel his hand nudging me ever so gently ever so sweetly back forward left right the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord through the power of the Holy Ghost give me some of this kind of Christianity Give me something I don't have to get dressed up in a suit for. Make it at the right time and sing the right song and close at the right time. Give me something I know's real. Give me something I know's vital. Give me something I know is moving, vibrant, living. Way. With this spiritual rigor mortis, this stiff neckedness, blow, Holy Ghost, blow on our part spirits, blow on our dead services, blow on our weak need preaching. Blow us out of the church, into the street, into the highway, into the byway, into the hedges. Shout if you want some of this kind of Christianity. Shout until it's not you shouting. Just this right here. Just this right here. Just this right here. Both I. Isaiah 8, 18. Both I and the children. Well, I don't know, you know. Thousands and thousands of people packed into that sanctuary. And a little 14-year-old girl runs up on the platform and interrupts the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That's what a rushing mighty wind will do. It'll topple over your preconceived ideas. It'll knock the religious props out from under you. 
Well, I and the children of the Lord God has given me are for signs and wonders. Sit down. I'm not done. I'm going to finish this right here. It's 11.58. Just this right here. I seem to remember somebody else with signs. Acts 2.22. You men of Israel hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you all. What is a sign? It's a miracle with an ethical end and purpose which lead to something or someone beyond itself. A sign is a finger post of God, valuable not for what they are, the sign, but for what they indicate of the power of the doer, or more importantly, the power to which the doer is connected. I'm not going to preach it. You are to be a sign, a wonder, walking the earth through which God does the miraculous because after his passion he gave gifts to men. Through those gifts, signs and wonders are perpetrated in the earth that are not important for what they are, but rather of what they indicate concerning your connection to a higher spiritual And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. Notice verse 17 said, The signs shall follow you. say something right there I, I gotta take just a minute and make sure I say it right but we have developed in the body of Christ I don't know the Holy Ghost gonna let me govern it down much or not we have developed in the body of Christ a perversion you're not listening to me we have developed institutions of idol worship at the thrones of personality cults we got people that are following signs you say, where do you go to church? Well, wherever the signs are. There, there's some signs over there, so that's where the crowd goes. You do remember it was a crowd that led to the crucifixion of Jesus. You, you haven't forgotten that. It was popular opinion that led to our Lord's crucifixion. And yet in the body of Christ, people don't go to church because they want to learn to go and become a sign and wonder. They want to go to church and sit in these little trappings of little rows and pews and everybody just get just in there just right and everybody follow the sign maker
Well, I go over there because Pastor Parsley, I've, I've seen those signs and wonders. Don't you go here because there are signs and wonders. Stop following the crowd that's following a sign. Your Bible said it is an evil and perverse generation that follows after a sign. Oh, you're looking at me real funny right now. I'm telling you, it's a new paradigm. It's a new day. It's a new dawning. It's a new morning. Something's happening in the body of Christ. We're realizing that signs are supposed to follow us. We are not supposed to follow after a sign. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Do we have anybody that believes in that name? That name above every name, that sweet and lovely, loving name of Jesus. Do you believe in that name, that at that name every knee should bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father? Do you believe in that name? Well, if you believe in that name, then everywhere you go, like the wake of a boat that's passed through troubled waters, there ought to be some signs following you. You may not even know it while you were there, but after you've been there, everybody else will know it because they There are signs following you. Are you in this building with me? These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Number one, they shall. Well, you got a Bible, don't you? Number one, they shall send them to counseling. Bring in the psychiatrist. Cast out devils. Now, 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 please don't misunderstand me. Man of God, strap yourself in a pulpit, put a microphone in one hand and a Bible in the other, and go to casting out devils. They shall speak. Help me. They shall. They shall take up. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not. They shall lay hands on the sick and. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat down on the right hand of God. And they went to church and sat in pews. And they went forth. The Lord working with them, confirming his word with signs following. You know what the word confirm means? To remove all doubt. And God worked with them, removing all doubt by performing indisputable acts of authority. Are you ready for God to remove all doubt by performing through you indisputable? That means ain't nobody can argue with it. See, ain't nobody can argue with me. When they, said, when they said the things that they said about my son, and nobody can argue with me. When they said my son wouldn't go to school, they can't argue with me. His teacher's on the front row. They can't argue with me. They can't argue with the straight A's that he makes. They, they can't argue that he goes to school every day. They can't. No, nobody can stand up to me and say, well, that doesn't work, you see, because God has performed indisputable acts 
gates of authority which remove all doubt. This is a commission. Co meaning to. Pharaoh declared. When Moses said, let my people go, Pharaoh shouted, Who is the Lord that I should let the people of Israel go from serving me? Pharaoh declared, I know not the Lord. And God said, you bout to find out. Just hang around. Some boils on the way. It's about to rain frogs. Maybe then you'll know who it is. The water's about to be turned into blood. Maybe then you believe and know who the Lord is. Every cow in the entire realm of Egypt is about to die and lay waste in the field. Maybe then, Pharaoh, you'll know. And Moses declared, God will multiply his signs and wonders and declare to Egypt. He is the Lord God omnipotent. America that scornfully questions where is God is just about to find out. Because God's about to multiply. You're not listening to me. He's about to multiply signs and wonders. Don't you remember Isaiah said you were the signs and the wonders that he was about to multiply. Elijah went out in front of Jezebel's prophets of Baal. And Elijah said, Jezebel said, there is no God in Israel. Elijah said, you're about to find out. Let's make ourselves an altar. And the God that answers by fire, we'll let him be God. And if Baal is God, I'll serve him. But if Jehovah answers, then you'll serve him. So they called and they cried and they prayed. Elijah said, y'all go first. I'll just go over here and relax. Faith rests. Faith went over and sat down. And they began to whirl and spin and shout and scream and cry to Baal and say, come on, light this fire. Come on, baby. Light my fire. And... Nothing happened, and Elijah went over and said, well, maybe you better cry a little louder, wait a little longer. Maybe he's on vacation, huh? this God of yours. Nothing happened, and Elijah said, pour four barrels of water on my sacrifice, God that answers by fire. Pour four more barrels. Pour four more barrels of water. Wet it down real good, because the God I'm serving ain't got stage fright. God is ready to move. God is ready to act. God is ready to display signs and wonders. But in order to do it, he's got to get you full of the Holy Ghost and let that rushing mighty wind blow you out there into a world. And you know the story. Down from heaven came fire. Not only consumed the sacrifice, but lapped the water up in the ditch. And Elijah said, God, Jehovah has answered by fire and he alone is God. Who is the Lord? Who is the Lord? The three Hebrew men 
bow down and worship at the graven image. And everybody in the nation bowed down and three young men stood up and said, we won't bow to your God. We're not going to bow to the God of sex so that 8,000 of us a day get sexually transmitted diseases. You're just not going to bow. They stood up when everybody else bowed down. And they said, we're going to throw you into the fiery furnace, going to heat it up seven times hotter than it ought to be. Hear the quote. And the king said, and then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and then who shall that God be that shall deliver you out of my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, heat it up. Come on, baby. Light that fire. And into the bowels of that fiery furnace they went. I don't know where you will have to go this week. I don't know what setup God will lead you into to display his mighty power. I don't know which demons he'll permit to try to attack your life just to gather a crowd. I don't know what test he'll take you through. All I know is he, after his passion, gave gifts to men, and you're going to pass that test. All I know is that when they threw them in that fire... That king had to stand back and say, what in the world is going on? Didn't we throw three in? Yes, king. Well, I see four. And the fourth is a countenance like as to the son of the living God. Did you hear what I said to you? God is after his passion about to give you a gift that proves who he is. Slap somebody a high five and shout get ready for a wind to blow get on your feet and give him praise and glory hey thanks for listening to today's episode if you enjoyed it I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast hope you'll do it today head on over to iTunes and leave a review share it on your social networks for me really helps me get the word out I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.